If you're excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning, would you just help me praise the Lord? Oh, that was, come on, we can do better than that. Amen. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I can do it by myself, um, but it is, it is better when we uh, praise the Lord together as a church uh, and as a body of believers. I'm so encouraged and so excited about what God is doing in this season. Uh, as you saw on the video, uh, my, the interview between Dr. Reggie and myself talking about the springs uh, that has been in work in works for the last year or so. God has just been blowing our minds with what he has been doing in and through our church and at the Springs. We're there in the community, serving the community. Uh, we've been plugged in with the local school, Cypress Springs Elementary, been involved in several outreach projects. People from the community are coming to be a part of our work there at the Springs, and it's just so encouraging. I can't go into everything, else I wouldn't, get, I wouldn't be able to preach, and I, don't, I know you don't want me talking for an hour up here. But if you would, if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and while you're turning there, uh, I do believe in, <clears throat> in honor, and so I, I want to honor Dr. Reggie, uh, Miss Leslie, their family, uh, for what they do uh, in our church, for how they serve us. Uh, I also want to honor uh, our ministerial team, my co-laborers in the gospel. Uh, I want to honor them, the deacons, the servants of the house, the ushers, the greeters, in any capacity, those who serve in any capacity. I want to honor them prayerfully. I'm being streamed to the gathering right now. If not, Lord, help them. Uh, but I, I want to honor uh, the media team, the technical team. That is not my gifting. Uh, so I want to honor them. And uh, last but most certainly not least, I want to honor my wife uh, who loves me and supports me. I always say that she keeps food on my plate and coffee in my cup. And so um, among other things, like that's not all she does. I might hear that later, but <laughs> it's like, is that all I do? No, you do much more than that. Um, but uh, she is an amazing uh, supporter, an amazing wife, and so I definitely want to take a moment uh, to honor her. First Corinthians chapter 9, if you have it, say, I have it. If you need a minute, say, wait. Okay, everybody has it. I gave you enough time. You should have it. I want to read, um, beginning from verse 19 all the way through Verse 23, it says, for though I am free from all men, I've made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without the law as without the law, not being without law toward God but under law toward Christ, and that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Amen. Uh, for just a brief time this moment, this morning, I want to speak from the subject, giving God your all, giving God your all. And if you allow me to have a subtitle, I know Dr. Reggie doesn't normally have subtitles, uh, but I want to talk about serving and winning, 
serving and winning. I can't remember uh, if it was Coach Green, Coach Doc, or Coach Bonner that would yell from across the field, Lee, if you're going to mess up, mess up going 100 miles an hour. Mess up going 100 miles an hour. Now, I just want to say this. I want to, for clarification, make a statement, and I also want to give a disclaimer. Just to clarify, I didn't mess up a lot, okay? I didn't mess up a lot, okay? And as a disclaimer, this is not an excuse for you to get on 20 in speed, okay? To our fellow law enforcement officers, if they're speeding, write them a ticket. I will not pay it, okay? All right. But the reasoning behind my coach saying, if you're going to mess up, mess up going 100 miles an hour, was that he hated half-heartedness. He could not stand half-heartedness. I played middle linebacker. I was very skilled at my job. Uh, Oh, boy, you humble this morning. Uh, uh, I I was very skilled, so I thought. And and my coach would say, "If, if you were supposed to be in coverage and you blitzed, We'll deal with that. That's, that's not a problem. But, but, what I, but, but what I want you to, to do and what I want you to know is that you're sure of yourself. Decide. Make a decision. And when you make a decision, throw your whole self at it. Give it your all. And so if I was supposed to be doing one thing and I did the other, I, I, I better had done it. <laughs> I better had gone 100 miles an hour because if not, Uh, I was going to have to endure what they called in the athletic realm, riding the bench. Uh, And it's very unfortunate, all right? Uh, In our text today, we're looking at uh, a man, the Apostle Paul, and I won't go uh, too much into his conversion because Dr. Reggie is going to talk about that within the coming weeks. But the Apostle Paul was a man who always gave it his all. I believe he got picked because he always gave it. His all. He was a man of discipline. He was a man of commitment. He was a man who did what he said he was going to do. He was a man who didn't cut corners. He was a man who went 100 miles an hour. And so when God decided to pick the Apostle Paul who went by Saul at the time, I'm sure the church was very confused as to why he would make the choice that he made. But I believe that God, being the coach of all coaches, looked down and saw a man going 100 miles an hour, he was just going in the wrong direction. Paul was very intelligent. He was smart. We'd find in uh, Philippians that he'd say, you know what, uh, I, I, I am committed. I'm committed to my people. He says, he says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I am of the people of Israel, a Hebrew of Hebrews, uh, of of the tribe of Benjamin. He says, in regard to the law, he said, I'm a Pharisee. He says, I I adhere to the law very strictly. He was very committed. We find out in Galatians that he said, you know what? I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my peers because I was so zealous for the traditions of my father. He was advancing because he was passionate. He was going 100 miles an hour. And I believe that God looked down and God picked him because he was a man who was willing to give his all. In the context of the text this morning, the Apostle Paul is talking about surrendering his rights as an apostle. Uh, If you read the earlier verses in chapter 9, you'll find that Paul, uh, he was a weird apostle. 
his conversion experience was kind of weird. Uh, he didn't walk with Jesus necessarily as some of the other apostles uh, walked with Jesus, but he did have an encounter with Jesus. So this young man who was going 100 miles an hour found himself on the road to Damascus, and he literally had a bright future ahead of him. <laughs> literally. A future so bright that it knocked him off of his horse and changed his life forever. And so he was a weird apostle. Uh, and, and because he was a weird apostle, he often had to defend his ministry. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he's talking about the rights uh, that, he, that he was due as an apostle, but how he had to surrender those rights for the sake of advancing the kingdom. He, he'd write that, you know what, as an apostle, I, I think it appropriate that if I, I came to minister uh, to you, uh, to your family, to those around you, that uh, you would offer me some lodging and offer me a meal. I think that's appropriate as an apostle. As an apostle, I am uh, allowed to take a believing wife and bring a believing wife with me. That was another one of his rights. He says, as an apostle, I am allowed to some type of compensation because of the ministry that I have. That is a right uh, of an apostle, and the Lord has commanded it so. He says, but you know what? He says, I'm more concerned with winning than I am with fighting for uh, what I think I should have. I want to win. I want to win. And so as Paul uh, continues and he opens up the text in verse 19, he makes his point. He, he, begins to, he begins to make a connection between serving and winning. He says, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. My first point is that you can't win who you don't serve. You can't win who you don't serve. Paul made it a point to say, you know what? I serve people because I want to win people. And I think the problem that we hear a lot of times when we talk about service, especially when we talk about service in the context, uh, not necessarily serving as an usher, as a greeter uh, in the child care ministry in church, but serving in the context of serving the world, of witnessing, of evangelizing, I think sometimes people get things confused. I think when we hear uh, that you're called to be a servant, you actually hear that you're called to be subservient, which is two different things. Service and subservience it's two different things. To be subservient means to, to obey you uh, unquestionably. It means whatever you tell me to do, I'm to do it. All right? I, I don't know who in here is subservient all the time. All right? I'm definitely not as it pertains to my relationship with my beautiful bride. Okay? I'm not subservient. She's not subservient. But we serve one another. To serve means to be devoted. It means to be bonded. It means to be concerned about the other person. And to be quite honest, serving does not mean that you are a caterer or a waiter or a waitress. Sometimes service actually hurts. Sometimes service is me telling you the truth. Sometimes me is correcting you. Sometimes service is me rebuking you. But Paul says, though I'm free from all, though I have no uh, obligation, I'm under no obligation, there are no expectations on me, I've put them there so that I can serve. You can't win who you don't serve. 
I think the church has found itself uh, in a predicament whereby we scratch our heads to figure out how we can reach people, how we can be multi-generational, how we can be multicultural, how we can be multi-ethnic. But the, the, the reality of it is, is that if we just purpose in our hearts to serve, we'll be able to reach people. Jesus said, you know what? He says, the Son of Man did not come to serve to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why did he say that? Jesus understood that if I don't serve you, I can't win you. John chapter 13, uh, you'll read the story of him washing the disciples' feet. And, and he washes some of the disciples' feet and he gets to Peter. And Peter's like, no, Lord, I don't want you washing my feet. I have some really bad feet. I don't want you washing my feet. <laughs> Jesus says, if I, if I don't wash you, if I don't serve you in this capacity, you have no part with me. Service gives us a connection that we would not normally have otherwise. And so when we serve one another, there's an opportunity to win and to reach people for Christ. This doesn't just apply to your witness uh, in the streets, in, our, in the community, uh, evangelizing to people you don't know. Uh, this applies in your household. I better be careful here. If you want to reach your spouse, serve your spouse. If you want to reach your children, serve your children. If you want to reach your parents, serve your parents. Serve. Service brings about a connection. It brings about the opportunity to win someone, to reach someone for the sake of the gospel. Paul goes on to say, And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. I scratch my head because I ask myself, why would Paul, who is a Jew, say that in order to win Jews, I had to become a Jew? Isn't that kind of funny? Isn't that kind of funny? I thought you were already a Jew, Paul. What Paul is saying that in order to win this particular group of people, I, I had to... I had to be willing to be like them. How did you have to be willing to be like them if you were them? I believe that Paul was really uh, undergirding what he said in 1 Corinthians 5 when he talks about if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. I believe at that point Paul realized that I'm a new creature in Christ. And so everything that I know, my worldview, my preferences, my likes, my dislikes, all of those things have to be filtered through the lens of who I am as a believer. When we accept Jesus, we no longer uh, have the freedom uh, to, to operate uh, autonomously. We have to come under submission to his will and to his way. We are literally new creatures in Christ. Okay? Let me speak freely. As a black man, I am a believer first. I am a believer first which means that my cultural context, which means that my historical context, which means that my relationships, which means that my preferences, possible biases that I might have, all of those things need to come into alignment with who I am in Christ. They have to be filtered through the lens of who I am as a believer. And when they are not, I set myself up to be angry. I set myself up to take... Um, Frustrations out on people who don't deserve it. 
When we accept Christ, we become new creatures in him. Paul says to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews. Who were the Jews? The Jews were those who had the Mosaic law, who strictly adhered to the law. And so Paul knew, hey, Christ had come to fulfill the law. And so I am free from the obligation of adhering to this law, but I will because I want to win you. Paul says to the Jews, I became as a Jew. So Paul says, I could, but I won't. I could, but I won't. There may be some times in your life when you want to win people to Christ and you're all about the win and you want to give God your all and you want to serve because you know that if you don't serve, you can't win them. When you say, you know what? I could, but I won't. It's a tough thing to know that you can, but you shouldn't. (laughs) It's tough. It can be tough. But Paul says, you know what? I'm willing to serve in that capacity. I'm willing to serve in that capacity. So, so what he did is the things that he could do but didn't do, he did them uh, to build relationship and to come alongside and to serve the people that God had called him to reach. My second point is that you can't serve everyone in the same way. You can't win who you don't serve and you can't serve everyone in the same way. Paul says, to those who are without the law, I became as one without the law. He says, not without law toward God, but under law toward Christ. So what Paul is saying is is that my, my desire to win other people never led me to compromise what I knew to be true in the word of God. I would never ask you to compromise, but I, I do suggest as the church that we learn how to contextualize. The thing about a picture is that I can take a picture and I can put it in any frame and it will still be the same picture. And to be quite honest with you, church, I believe that there are people that we are missing, that, we are, that there are people who we are not winning because we have not properly contextualized that we have not properly said, hey, look, this is a frame, this is an okay frame, but you know what, this is also a frame. So if this frame helps you understand who God is better, if it helps you connect with God better, let's, let's use this frame over here. And that's not easy. That's not easy. We've been brought up a certain way. We've been trained to think a certain way, uh, accept certain preferences. That's, that's not easy. But Paul says to those who are without the law, I became as one without the law. So Paul says to, these, to this group of people, he says, I wouldn't, but I will. <laughs> to the Jews, he said, I could, but I won't. To this group of people, he says, I wouldn't, but I will. I remember the first time my wife asked me if I wanted to uh, go and eat some sushi. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was the worst possible thing I could ever be asked to do as a husband other than that and hold her purse. Like, I felt like that was it. And so, like, really, though, I do hold her purse. I love her. But I strangle the straps. You got to strangle the straps, guys. Strangle them. Let people, like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but because, because I love her, 
She wanted me to try some sushi, and so I said I wouldn't, but I will. And so I went to try it, fell in love with, fell in love with it, long story short. And so now we're both addicted to raw, and we have problems, so pray for us. <laughs> but Paul says, I wanted to win this particular group of people, so I had to serve them in this way. And the way that I served them, I was willing to do things that I wouldn't normally do, not compromising the gospel, but contextualizing contextualizing. Paul goes on to say, he says, to the weak, I became as weak that I might win the weak. What is he talking about? In this particular verse, Paul is talking about those who have a weak understanding of the gospel. They have not yet fully grasped what it means to have freedom in Christ. And so Paul says, to these people, I became uh, even more understanding, I became even more patient that I might win them, that I might communicate with them, that I might uh, build a relationship with them. Because here's the thing, you know, my, my, my first point, you can't win who you, do, who you don't serve. Point number two, you can't serve everybody in the same way. And so you may say, well, Brother George, how do I know how to serve. How do I know how to serve people? I got the heart to do it, but how do I do it? Have you ever had the heart to do something, but you didn't know how to do it? We're called to serve. How do I serve? In order to figure out how to serve people, you have to be willing to build and cultivate relationship. It's through the relationship that you figure out what I need. Church, I'll even say this. There's been so many times as a church where we have had the heart to do a thing and truly have had the heart to do a thing and been so excited about doing it that we just jumped right into it to serve and completely missed it. Oh, we want to oh, serve. We want to serve so badly. We want to serve this community. We want to serve everybody. We want to do this. We wanna, and we, we get so... Um, Zealous, I'll use zealous. We get so zealous that we start doing things and we start serving people in ways that they really don't need to be served. Well, what do you do in that situation? You take time to build relationship. It's through relationship that you find out what I truly need, what I'm truly concerned about, what truly bothers me. Once you build relationship, you find all of those things out. So Paul says to the Jews who strictly adhered to the law, I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews. To those without the law, he's talking about the Gentiles, uh, the loose living, the immoral. He says, he says, I was more willing to build relationship, not compromising, but I became like them that I might win them. He says to the weak those who struggled in their understanding of who God is and, and what the gospel means. He says, I became like them that I might win them. And then he goes on to say, I've become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Paul was, Paul was willing to become to win those that God had called him to. And I'll say this, church, becoming is no easy task. I could be quite, if I can be quite honest, sometimes the trials and tribulations of life cause us to become something 
and we don't even realize why until later. I realize that I'm weird, okay? I've always been weird, all right? I've never really fit in, in any group. <laughs> never really, not at all. Um, I was weird um, growing up in my neighborhood. I would, um, funny story, I would, I would go door to door. My mother was a writer. I would go to door to door selling my mother's poetry. And come to find out, that's what the Lord used to help me hone my communication skills. Is that I would put on slacks, I would put on a dress shirt, put on a tie. This little kid going door to door, would you like to buy a poem? And people would buy it because it's like, who's this little kid at my door <laughs> dressed up? So they'd buy it, but, but um, it got to be not so cute and people would buy less and less. But, but uh, the Lord used that to help me develop my communication skills. And, and when I got to high school, I realized that I never really fit in the group, uh, the cool group, <laughs> all right? I, I wasn't really the outcast, you know, in the outcast group, the, the group that everybody jokes on and rag, rags on. I was kind of like in limbo, you know? It's like this weird kind of, okay, weird. but uh, it was weird, you know? And uh, got to college, same thing. And I realized all the while, in hindsight, hindsight is 2020, that, that I was becoming I was becoming something. And if you can look back over your life, you'll realize that some of the things that you've experienced, some of the things that you have been through, have caused you to become, have caused you to become something. Paul says, I become all things to all men. Here he's talking about relationships. He's talking about his relationships. He's like, you know what? My relationships belong to God. I'm serving to win, and so I have to be willing, to be willing to become. He says, I become all things to all men that I might by all means. He's talking about resources. He's talking about opportunities. He's talking about winning. He's like, in any way possible, I want to win. I want to win. And then he says something that for me, when I read the text, initially, when I read the text, it's very discouraging. He says... I become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Another hard part about giving God your all is that sometimes when you feel like you've given God your all, you only see some. You might feel like I'm giving God my all in my marriage and I'm only seeing some of it. I'm giving God my all as a parent. <laughs> And I am only seeing some. <laughs> I'm giving my all as a child, taking care of my parent. And I'm only seeing some. In those moments, it's very, very important that we allow the Lord to dictate the results of our giving, of our service. He, he monitors that. Let him monitor that. It's important for us to be committed to give our all. I'll tell this story and then I'll close. We had the Christmas social at the Springs and um, we needed some cookies. And so uh, a few of the ladies overheard me talking about our need for some cookies. And uh, one by one, these ladies began to speak up and say, hey, I'll bring some cookies and I'll bring some cookies and I'll bring some cookies. I really felt like I was raising a cookie offering. Like it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, 
there were so many cookies. After the event, there was a pan of cookies left. We were wrapping up. We were packing up. Uh, Christian was there helping me get everything together. And I, this big old pan of cookies, I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. I'm like, brother, if anybody doesn't need these cookies, I don't need these cookies. You take these cookies. Big old pan of cookies. This guy walks in the door uh, that I know that I have somewhat of a relationship with. And I said, man, I'm glad you're here. You missed the event, but I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're here. Lives in the community there at the Springs. And I said, and I said here's this Here's this pan of cookies. You're late, you missed the event, but you can, have, you can have some cookies. Christian brings out a plate, I get the plate, I sit it beside the pan, I say, here's this pan of cookies. You take what you want. And what I felt was appropriate <laughs> was that he would pick up the plate, <laughs> put a few cookies on the plate, <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> the brother looks at me, and says, really? I said, yeah, take what you want. He picks up the pan. <laughs> he looks at me, he says, thank you. And he walks out of the door. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. God asks for our all. All is such a difficult thing because all is not an amount. It reaches beyond amount, an amount and it asks for what's available. All is not based on the admiration or the approval of people. Only you and God know if you are truly giving him your all. And so often in life, we bring out a pan and we say, God, here, take what you want. Here's this plate. <laughs> and God says, no, <laughs> I want the pan. <laughs> I want the pan. My prayer today, church, is that in giving God our all, in understanding that, that we have to serve in order to win, that our hearts would be malleable, that we would have responsive hearts, that we would have hearts um, that would yield to him and be led by him. And whether we're giving our all to people who are uh, strictly adhering uh, to rules, uh, whether we're giving our all to people uh, who uh, seem to have no rules whatsoever, whether we're giving our all to people who struggle in their understanding of who Jesus really is, we're called to give our all. And we cannot serve God without serving people. As we leave this place today, I believe God has given us an opportunity as a church. Uh, I believe this is really and truly a season for us to uh, win in our community win in our state, win in our world as believers. Um, we just have to be willing to give God, give God our all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you for this day that you have made. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you would continue to lead us and, and guide us in all that we do. Father, help us to give you our all and help us to realize that sometimes that shows up uh, in the form of serving um, those that you have created, those that you are calling unto yourself, those that you are wooing unto yourself. God, even as we pray right now, Father, I pray that um, you would put upon our hearts uh, those that you're calling us to reach those that you're calling us to engage 
Father, give us the hearts to, to say to one group, I could, but I won't. And to another group, I wouldn't, but I will. That, that we might win them for you. And Lord, if there's a person in this place that does not know you, Father, I pray that they would realize that in the center of your will is the best possible place for them to be. I thank you for this time, this opportunity, and for your presence in our lives. It's in Jesus' name.